good day to be indigenous. Get up, stand up. They are going to become more brutal. Couldn't cut any cut again. Because all the hippies were trying to be Indians anyway. They're going to become more repressive because it's a matter of dollars and their illusionary concepts of power. Hey, Victor. We must live in balance with the earth. And also with recent happenings at Wounded Knee. I am awake. Welcome to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Wakanja Hade. Hey, Kadagi to all my friends and relatives in four directions. You are listening to Native Roots Radio Presents I'm Awake, and I'm your host, Robert Pilot. We discuss local and national Native news and events, and as you know, Zoe, Native issues are human issues, and human issues are Native issues. This portion of the show is supported by MN350, a grassroots organization fighting for climate justice. Yes, they do. Hey, just before we get to the news that you don't hear anywhere else, Zoe, uh, it's kind of a holiday for me. Uh, Trump's in, uh, pleaded not guilty uh, for 34 counts of falsifying business records related to the hush money payments to porn star uh, Stormy Davis in the, uh, you know, during the 2016 uh, campaign. Uh, Zoe, it's about time this kind of stuff mm-hmm. happens. You know, um, who's above the law? <laughs> Not a, hopefully nobody, but we know that's different at times, right, Zoe? Right, right. No, this is, I mean, pretty insane, but also everything surrounding Trump is insane, so not surprising. Um, I just remember watching something um, between a lawyer of his and a news anchor, and his lawyer was just crazy i was like like angry like really emotional it's like i'm i'd be so curious to see you know how the court case is gonna go inside of the court i'm sure it's gonna be full of a lot of characters right when 34 counts so uh you know he's can't be too happy with that and they're they're going at him and uh uh, also, a big election in Wisconsin today. Uh, we really uh, get out and vote. You natives out there listening here, it's so important. And everybody that's listening across Turtle Island, especially Wisconsin and Illinois, uh, please get out and vote. Uh, it's very important. So well, without uh, further ado, Zoe, let's get uh, with Ogama with the news that you don't hear anywhere else. Welcome, Ogama. Buju Anin relatives, this is Ogama Gnu Akwe. I am a citizen of the Red Lake Nation in northern Minnesota, and I have some news and information for you here today on Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm awake. First thing I want to talk about is environmental. Uh, you can go over to communitiesunitedbywater.org, and there is an, a really important letter to the Canadian ministers that you can sign uh, to support with the cross-border organizing working group of the line five coalition is an international group of activists and indigenous leaders who are working to shut down Enbridge's line five and they have drafted a letter to key canadian ministers asking those ministers to stop misusing a 1977 treaty to keep Enbridge's pipeline in service canada has formally invoked article six of the 1977 Transit Pipelines Treaty twice to keep the 70-year-old Line 5 in operation. On October 4th in 2021, in response to Michigan Governor Whitner's order to shut down the pipeline after a ship's anchor struck it, causing significant risks to the Straits of Mackinac, and then the second time they did it was August 29th, 2022, when the Bad River Band of Lake Superior Chippewa discovered a serious erosion beneath the pipeline, leaving it unsupported and at significant risk of failure with a severe weather event. They intend to deliver the letter on April 24th, the day after Line 5 turns 70 years old, which is 20 years past its planned life expectancy. So if you want to join, you want to uh, sign this letter, head on over to communitiesunitedbywater.org, sign the letter as an organization or as an individual. And uh, there is a copy of the letter, which is going to Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, um, Minister for Foreign Affairs, the Minister of Natural Resources, the Minister of Environment and Climate Climate Change and uh, the Minister of Indigenous Crown Relations 
in uh, Canada. It's also going to be copied uh, to the UN Special Reporter on Human Rights and um, the Environment. So many other um, US uh, organizations and representatives as well, um, including Deb Holland, the Secretary of the Interior, um, and uh, many other um, organizations and people here in the United States. So um, head on over to Communities United by Water to take care of that. It's so important that we take the time when we can to do something like that, to add our name to a petition, to do the things that we need to do to make sure that people are informed of the things that matter to us here um, as Indigenous people and as allies. Um, I want to remind everybody that today uh, is the Prove It First Day at the Minnesota State Capitol. Uh, The Tamarack Water Alliance, those of Protect the Boundary Waters, uh, Friends of the Boundary Waters, and many other organizations are involved. They're heading to uh, the Minnesota State Capitol to support the Prove It First legislation, um, which talks about the concerns about the proposed Rio Tinto Talon mine. Uh, The Prove It First law is a protection that says before risky sulfide mining moves forward in Minnesota, there should be at least one example in the United States where it has been done safely. This um, this is partner legislation to another really great piece of legislation, which is the um, Taxpayer Protection Act. And the Taxpayer Protection Act is similar as well, re- would require these mining companies uh, to have enough money in their pockets, uh, enough money on hand, should there be an issue or pollution coming in that they are responsible for paying for it. This prevents these types of companies from coming into Minnesota, taking care of their project, waiting for the project to break down and making all of their money and moving it, you know, offshore, and then filing bankruptcy. So, um, you know, just a reminder here, too, that uh, the global mining giant Rio Tinto Kennecott uh, controls the mineral leases and um, talon metal for talon metals and um, is really has a bad track record of environmental destruction and human rights abuses throughout the world. On March 6th, Rio Tinto agreed to pay a $15 million uh, settlement to a seven-year bribery scandal regarding an underdeveloped country uh, for an iron ore deposit in Guinea, uh, which is one of the most valuable in the world. And because of that company's history, Minnesota needs to be incredibly careful. Um, These mining companies spend millions of dollars on lobbyists and market and all in an effort to downplay the dangers of their project, especially to local communities. And here in Aiken County, Minnesota, um, that is more uh, apparent than ever. So before any official permitting begins, uh, make sure you head over to uh, the Tamarack Water Alliance website at tamarackwateralliance.com or excuse me, tamarackwateralliance.org. You can head over to uh, Friends of the Boundary Waters Canoe Area at friendsofthebwca.org um, and take care of uh, your duty to make known uh, to your representatives how you feel about uh, Talon and nickel mining here in Minnesota. Another exciting thing that's local here to Minnesota, uh, for those of you who do not yet know, uh, there's very exciting. Uh, the project formerly known as the Lower Failing Creek Project is now Wakon Tipi Um I think I said that right. Uh, they announced their name change yesterday. Uh, so take a minute and uh, go head over to uh, Wakon Tipi on uh, Facebook and take a look at uh, what changes are coming along with that announcement. Really excited about that. Hoping maybe we can get somebody on to talk about it. Uh, They have done really great work in the uh, St. Paul Twin Cities area. And uh, it's really important that we support when those organizations have those changes. Um, Up in Canada, again, uh, there is uh, a case that was going on where parents uh, were fighting with the Providence to have uh, the son, their son's uh, indigenous name on their birth certificate in British Columbia. And uh, they finally took the fight to the British Supreme Court to, excuse me, the 
BC or British Columbia uh, Supreme Court. And uh, the Smith family, after 13 months of fighting, they have now received a birth certificate that represents the accurate spelling of their son's name. Uh, Crystal Smith and Raymond Shaw were challenging the British Columbia's Vital Statistics Agency to honor the traditional uh, Quakala characters for their baby son's name. And uh, according to the Provincial Ministry of Health in Canada, going forward, the ability to claim names will be open to all Indigenous people on birth certificates, regardless of age. And they hope that it will become a wider movement of recognition. Uh, the British Columbia in Canada has the highest diversity of Indigenous languages in the country, with 34 languages and 90 dialects. And... Uh, you know, it was just absurd, uh, according to these parents, that they weren't able to honor those characters on their uh, child's birth certificate. So really excited that that is that barrier has been um, removed in Canada. So that is an exciting piece here uh, for our relatives of the North. I'm not sure what the laws are here in the United States, but that might be something to look into. This has been Ogama Ganuakwe with news on Native Roots Radio, and back to you, Robert. Hey, Pini Gigi uh, Ogama with the news. Hey, up next, uh, former state rep of North Dakota and our friend Ruth Buffalo. We'll be right back after this short break. Uh, stay with us. When we heal from our traumas, when we face our fears, let go of our addictions. When we relearn our values. When we live our teachings. Respecting our elders. Cherishing and honoring our children. When we honor and take care of our spirit. There will be, be no, no room, room left for sexual violence. Sponsored by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Roll up your sleeves and enjoy some refreshments. On Friday, April 7th, the Indigenous Roots Cultural Center will offer free coffee and tea to anyone who gets a COVID vaccine between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. You'll also receive a $50 gift card. The event is open to the public, and while walk-ins are welcome, early registration is encouraged at interfaithaction.org. So protect yourself by getting vaccinated while enjoying some free coffee and tea. That's Friday, April 7th at the Indigenous Roots Cultural Center in St. Paul. The loons are marching in to a new season. Join us Saturday, April 15th at 7.30pm as your loons take on Orlando City SC. Get your tickets today at mnufc.com. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Welcome back to Native Ritz Radio Presents. I'm awake and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Minnesota Indian Women's Sexual Assault Coalition. Hey, thank you, Zoe. Hey, we're so proud and always hap happy to have former North Dakota State Representative Ruth Buffalo on and just to play catch up. And I know there's a lot of news going on, but let's take a deep breath and uh, see what Ruth has been up to because I follow you on Facebook, Ruth, and you seem busier now than you were when you were a uh, state representative. Welcome and welcome back, Ruth. Yes, uh, uh, thank you for having me. Can you hear me? Yeah, you sound good. Sound like okay. real professional and everything, and you look good too. You got a nice <laughs> background. Thank you so That's much. <laughs> Thanks for, so much for coming on. Um, 
We we just mentioned it a little bit uh, in the beginning of the show, but it's kind of a holiday here for us here on Native Ritz Radio to see uh, Trump indicted on 34 accounts. Um, you know, nobody's above the law, right, Ruth? Indeed. Yeah, it, it sort of uh, hopefully will be some sort of semblance of justice. Um, you know, we, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, that we just have so much barriers to believing in the current uh, justice system, criminal justice system, you know, and so, yeah, it's, it's interesting to, to see things unfold, definitely. It is. But let's uh, move on and let's see what you've been up to. And I know I want to ask you about Leonard and any updates on that, but I know you're doing a lot of other things like, you know, stand up against sexual assault and, and things like that, that was always in your jam. And now you're able to uh, really do it. So Ruth, what have you been up to? <laughs> Sure. <laughs> Thank you. Um, yeah, you know, as you know, this month is uh, the month of April is uh, Stand Against Sexual Assault Month. And so, uh, you know, First Nations Women's Alliance um, is hosting a um, conference here in Bismarck at the Quality Inn Suites. Uh, we started today at uh, uh, half a day, um, and we had Monty Awan Franck from the Malak Band of uh, Ojibwe um, Indians, and so, or Chippewa Indians, excuse me, um, and so he is um, so uh, knowledgeable in so many different areas, and um, from tribal emergency management to, uh, you know, EMTs, paramedics, everything, and, uh, you know, sharing his story of his daughter, um, who was shot and killed uh, May 26th of 2021 um, in the Brooklyn Park uh, area. And so um, I had the opportunity to hear him speak in New Orleans. Uh, it was a conference hosted by MUSAC, um, you know, strengthening um, uh, sovereign responses to sexual assault and, and sex trafficking in Indian country. Um, so we're just very pleased to have him here in Bismarck uh, and to share his story and his expertise. Um, and so, yep, that's one thing that we have, you know, going today. Um, I also sit on the, the Not Invisible Act Commission. And so we're gearing up for field hearings across the country um, as early as the middle of this month. Um, actually next week in Oklahoma, Tulsa, Oklahoma. Uh, we will be coming to Minneapolis um, uh, June 6th through the 8th. Um, and so just want to make sure I put that on everybody's radar that hopefully if you can attend, uh, we need to hear from you. Um, Not Invisible Act was uh, birthed into uh, into existence by many others, you know, years of work, but also uh, led by then Congresswoman Deborah Holland, who's now the Secretary of Interior, Department of Interior. So, um, yeah, that's kind of some of the things that that we've been working on. Wow, that's uh, intense. And uh, how how you've been to Washington a few times since we've spoke, and uh, I've seen pictures with you with uh, Deb Holland. How is she doing, and how she's holding up, and uh, and how what are you collaborating with her on? I know you guys are, are good friends and allies. Yeah, it's it's always really good to see her. You know, she um, is is a leader, a, you know, a fierce leader for us, and uh, definitely do not envy her in in the position that she is in. You know, she's got a tough seat to be in uh, during these times, but she, um, you know, is still very much uh, caring about Indian country and what's happening in Indian country. Um, she has this amazing amazingly huge heart and so uh, we do need to you know continue to keep her in our prayers um, and to send her good vibes good good thoughts because uh, that that stuff does work uh, especially for those that are that are in those challenging positions right exactly and um, she can kind of get it from both both directions too you know so that is uh, we we want to put out our prayers uh, for Deb Holland because uh, it's not easy to be out there and she's um, doing a great job and uh, I'm glad that you're your friends and that you work together because uh, I know your support means a lot to a lot of people out there in Turtle Island Ruth. Lots of good odds I appreciate it. Yeah so um, have you spoken with uh, Leonard Peltier lately? Yes I have um, gosh 
couple days ago, I believe. Um, he seemed in really good spirits. Um, you know, you only get 15 minutes to talk at a time. So um, when when I first started hearing from him, you know, it was it was about a year ago, but, you know, talked very fast, you know, to, to squeeze in as much as he could or can within those 15 minutes. But um, he, he definitely sounds in good spirits. Um, he, you know, of course, is very elderly, 78 years old, does not need to be in prison. Um, he is, uh, like, he, he needs to be back here in North Dakota. Um, you know, his tribal chairman, uh, tribal nation chairman, uh, Jamie Azure has stated over and over again that they are, are waiting for him to come back to the, his original homelands of the Turtle Mountains um, here in what is present day North Dakota. Um, as you may know, Leonard is in very poor health, um, but at this time he is currently not sick. Um, he is, he's doing well, but he still has, he still needs medical attention. Um, so that, you know, is not going to go away. He needs medical attention. He needs the uh, specialty medical attention uh, for a number of health conditions. Um, so, you know, I, I just got to give you, I don't know if you've heard this or uh, uh, that Ho-Chunk Nation uh, under my guidance <laughs> has also sent uh, a letter to the president just uh, in, within the last month uh, for his release. And I think the more people reach out to their Congress people, uh, state senators, senators, uh, and anyone that will listen to uh, please uh, let Leonard come home. Yes, yes, definitely important to his freedom is so important. We need him back here in North Dakota. Uh, we need him to walk out of Coleman one, you know, USP Coleman one uh, and return safe, sound, and whole to his homelands uh, here in what is present-day North Dakota. Uh, many people, as we know, are continuing to pray for him and just wanting to uplift and, and acknowledge those that have continued to work for his freedom and justice uh, since day one. So one of the things, too, uh, I, I, if you have time, Ruth, for another segment after this, I'd like to talk about a little of, of the things that are happening in North Dakota some of these some of these bills that are coming up and um, just your reaction on there. I know you uh, put them on your Facebook and maybe we can get dig a, a little deep or at least talk a little bit about them because these uh, states are acting all different than other states and it's just uh, kind of mind-blowing what's going on around uh, Turtle Island. Yes, indeed. <laughs> <laughs> you don't mind uh, if you can stay on for another segment or at least part of one for us? I know you're no, very busy. Sure, that's fine. I appreciate that. Well, why don't we take a quick break here? You're listening to Native Roots Radio, and we're here with former state representative Ruth Buffalo. That's hard for me to say, Ruth. I, I always think of you as our state representative. <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're free, so now you can do a lot more. And, uh, exactly. <laughs> and I've, I've seen you're doing a lot more. We'll be right back. You're listening to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake. I'm Woke. Whoa. Many car dealers will quote safety stats, but firsthand experience really tells the story. When I bought my 2017 Sienna from Rudy Luther Toyota, the service manager told me it was one of their safest vehicles ever made. Then I saw it for myself. A car hit me at 35 miles per hour and the Sienna saved me. Its design absorbed the collision and although it took a wallop, I walked away and I now have a 2022 Sienna. When it comes to safety, I personally vouch for Toyotas. Be safe and get one today at Rudy Luther Toyota, 394 and 169 in Golden Valley. Roll up your sleeves and enjoy some refreshments. On Friday, April 7th, the Indigenous Roots Cultural Center will offer free coffee and tea to anyone who gets a COVID vaccine between 10 a.m. and 2 p.m. You'll also receive a $50 gift card. The event is open to the public, and while walk-ins are welcome, early registration is encouraged at interfaithaction.org. 
So protect yourself by getting vaccinated while enjoying some free coffee and tea. That's Friday, April 7th at the Indigenous Roots Cultural Center in St. Paul. Hi, this is Laura. Tune to Food Freedom Radio this weekend. We will be talking about the Regenerative Agriculture Food System Summit held last week in Chicago. Joining me will be Erica Campbell with Kiss the Ground. Kiss the Ground is more than a movie. And John Kemp, founder of Advancing Eco Agriculture and a top expert in the field of biological and regenerative farming. Food Freedom Radio, Saturday at 8 a.m., Sunday at 9 a.m., or anytime via podcast. Food Freedom Radio. Hi, this is Chad from AM950. Snap Construction is arguably the most well-reviewed roofing, siding, window, and insulation contractor in the metro. Ryan is so excited about working with AM950 and our listeners that he wants to help us grow. This is Ryan, owner of Snap Construction. I was friends with Chad long before I started marketing with him. I was a bit skeptical of radio advertising before Chad convinced us to run ads. The advertising's been so successful, we want to help the station grow. We've absolutely loved working with the listeners of AM950, and we all know how extreme important this radio station is to the community. To help AM950 grow, Snap Construction will be putting up proceeds to assist the station in marketing on social media. Snap Construction encourages you to follow, engage, share, and interact on the AM950 social media platforms. Together, we can all work to ensure AM950 continues to thrive and grow in our communities. We stand by our work with a lifetime craftsmanship guarantee. For a free estimate or more information on our financing, call 612-333-SNAP or check us out online. New at Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, Kuma Wood Stoves and Fireplace Inserts, American-made, sturdy and efficient wood heaters. All models qualify for 30% tax credit you can earn for installing efficient and renewable wood heat. Come see the new wood-burning Kuma Stoves and Fireplace Inserts. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has been selling wood-burning products since 1977. Kuma wood burners are hard-working home heaters made from heavy, laser-cut steel. Kuma stoves and fireplace inserts have cast iron doors and large self-cleaning glass windows. You can see the firelight and feel the heat from their efficient fire. One of Woodland's many choices to make fire work for you and your home. Work with the chimney and insulation experts. They not only install, but will guide you if you want to install yourself. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces has over 35 working wood, gas, and electric units on display at the corner of East Franklin and Riverside Avenue in Minneapolis. Woodland Stoves and Fireplaces, out of the ordinary products and services. With your AM950 weather, I'm Brett Johnson. Look for rain tonight with a low around 36. Wednesday, rain and snow with a temp falling to about 30. And Thursday, mostly sunny with a high near 36. Clean ingredients and bold flavors are the hallmarks of 30 Bales in Hopkins. Their signature burgers, seasonal salads, and carefully crafted entrees celebrate the best of the Midwest. Located across the street from the Hopkins Center for the Arts at 1106 Main Street with plenty of free parking. More at 30bales.com. Here. I am in uh, Coleman 1, U.S. Penitentiary, and I'm listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio Presents. I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by the Native American Community Clinic, honoring health and tradition. Hey, we are here with former North Dakota State Representative Ruth Buffalo, and we're always really excited to hear from you, Ruth. And um, being a, a junior elder, I'm an elder in my troop, uh, or in my troop, in my tribe. <laughs> Jeez. Um, uh, I'm just really proud of you in, in a good way, um, all the things that you're doing and have done for your community. And uh it really means a lot to me that you're on with us tonight speaking your truth. So I appreciate you, Ruth. Thank you. I appreciate it. Ruth, uh, let's talk a little bit about North Dakota for a second here. I know the governor vetoed uh, a, a bill. And can you explain that a little bit about the pronouns and uh, what's going on? Yeah. And so, uh, North Dakota, as you know, is is completely night and day compared to Minnesota. Um, you know, North Dakota. We just to kind of provide some context to the listeners in North Dakota, we are in a uh, very bright red trifecta where the governor and then the majority of the in the House and the Senate um, are held by one party, which is the Republican Party or the GOP. And we know in Minnesota. Um, 
it's the opposite. It's a blue trifecta um, in Minnesota. And so, yes, the pronoun bill, um, it actually, so it's so interesting to learn the process. And I, and I hope that we can educate and raise more awareness to where everyday people understand these processes within the state legislative sessions um, that are occurring right now. In North Dakota, we also don't meet every year. Uh, we meet every other year for 80 days here in North Dakota. And so in visiting with different LGBTQIA plus uh, advocates, um, this, this particular bill that you mentioned, I believe it was Senate Bill 2391, um, it did, uh, it did, it's officially dead. Uh, so it will not, it will not become law. Um, there was some, there was um, some, um, how do you say it? Actions that were taking place within the state legislature where uh, the governor's uh, veto. So he vetoed this um, and the Senate overrode his veto. Um, and then the House, though, did not override his veto. And so it stands where this this bill is now dead. Um, but in talking to LGBTQIA plus advocates, this particular bill, Senate Bill 2391, um, the pronoun bill was the most devastating of all these bills that are being pumped out of our state legislature. Um, and so, you know, back when, gosh, what was it, 20, 2017, uh, when the camps and everything were being held down at Standing Rock, uh, there were a number of harmful bills that were being pumped out of our state legislature at that time, you know, to run over pedestrians, to legally or lawfully run over pedestrians um, and, you know, the right to, to peaceful assembly, you know, just all these uh, harmful bills back then. And this is based, this is what it reminds me of. Um, but now it's targeting the LGBTQIA plus community. Um, and so it's so important that we pay attention to what's happening at every level of government um, because um, everything's connected. Um, yeah. You know, back in 2017, there was also a concerted effort from uh, a city commissioner, county commissioner, and the state legislator to uh, to dismantle the refugee resettlement program that we have in Fargo. Wow. Um, and so, uh, thankfully, that this bill did die. The the one that you mentioned, the pronoun bill. Um, so much things that are happening that are very harmful um, and quite honestly, a distraction to what really needs to be done in our state legislature. Um, and so, and also to mention, it's also important to mention that, you know, although we have a GOP majority within our state government and our state legislature, it does not reflect our, our people of North Dakota. Um, the governor and the uh, Greater North Dakota Chamber of Commerce have worked on getting this, um, it's, it's this, this workforce initiative to recruit people from across the country to come to North Dakota to fill these vacant job, job openings. Um, and it's called Find the Good Life in North Dakota. Well, it's, it, they're making it very clear of who they want to come to North Dakota and who they don't want to come to North Dakota. So. Uh, you know, good on Governor Burgum for vetoing this bill um, and standing uh, standing up and against his party. Um, and so many people have shared, you know, he's not going to get reelected as a result. But um, you have to stand for something. And this is something that he definitely needed to take a strong, stronger stance on. And so, Absolutely. you know, he's taking courage, but we need him to, to take it a step further and do more <laughs> along those lines. But yes. Yeah, Ruth, and I remember, too, the voting suppression and now gerrymandering that basically got <laughs> you uh, uh, off off as a state representative. I mean, um, those things are real and really happening. Um yeah, I want to change the, the the gears just a little bit. Well, one thing I want to do, let me back up a second. I noticed, too, that now you can go 80 miles an hour through North Dakota. Is <laughs> driving or is what happened there? No, that was also, that also, I have to double check on that one. Last I heard it, it was vetoed as well. Um, I'm pretty sure that one also did not they were not successful in overriding the governor's veto. So it was those two particular pieces of legislation that the governor vetoed. And I believe the veto stands. 
You know, like 20 years ago, I when I was driving old cars and being a high school teacher, my cars didn't even get up to 80 miles an hour, so that's that's a good thing. But I want to I want to switch gears real quick and uh Ruth, do you, is your son taking after you? Is he a big baller? Is he a basketball player now? Is is that what's going on? Is that what I saw? Um he's decent. <laughs> he's you know, always got a lot of room to grow and improve, but um he is a, he is actually taller than me at this moment in time. What? So like legit taller than me. You know, we we joke and say uh, certain types of shoes are, are sort of like man heels or those that identify as men uh, because they have those bubbles in there, you know, but he like kicks off his shoes and stands flat footed. He's like looking down at me. So yeah, he's, uh, he's, 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 um, he's got heart. He's a fighter and, and he is, he is talented. So how old is he? He is 16, just turned oh 16 gosh. in January. Time is time has flown and then your daughter she's in her second year in college now yes yep she's oh in her God. second year in college doing uh getting her generals done at a local community college here in the fargo moorhead area and uh she's looking to transfer to the southwest um to iaia so awesome and where where did you go um myself i i started out at concordia college um i did not finish there and then uh finished at it was Huron University, and then it transitioned into Satanka University. Um, so yeah, that's where, where wait, I finished wait. undergrad. Concordia and St. Paul? No, Moorhead, Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Okay, there's a couple of them. I had to make sure. Ruth, yeah. uh, you know, I really appreciate you coming in and and uh, speaking your truth. Is there anything that you'd like uh, to leave our our audience with here in the, in the next few minutes? Uh, I really... Uh, Wendy has always said, you got to ask them what they want to talk about. So I'm trying to do that in a good way. Ruth, uh, what would you like to talk about here in the last part of our uh, segment with you? Just really to stress, you know, I, I really appreciate you putting that in the, the bottom there, you know, to continue to put pressure on, on President Joe Biden for Leonard Peltier's freedom. Um, you know, also to, to keep in mind and to lift up his family members, his, you know, down to the, the, the little ones, you know, the great greats and the, you know, um, his family members, his, his children to, you know, because uh, when one person is incarcerated, as we know, unfortunately, it's, it's, it direct, it directly impacts um, not only that individual, but the family and the communities and future generations. You know, we know that our native people are unfortunately overrepresented in every criminal justice system um, and predominantly in the federal federal prisons you know we are but a sliver of, of representation or, or percent, small percentage of us um, you know we're represented in the the United States population but yet we are the highest percentage represented in federal prison and you know we have to start asking these questions why is that um, and so there's so much work that needs to be done, um, but we definitely need our, our elder Leonard Peltier free. We need him to walk out of those doors at USP Coleman One. Um, and we look forward to when, when he is free, because quite honestly, as they say, when Leonard Peltier is free, we are free. And so to that end, I really want to encourage the listeners to also put pressure on their tribal nation leaders. Right. Uh, if, imagine, you know, this was shared with me the other day, you know, that imagine if, Every single tribal nation leader put all their other asks aside um, and solely focused on one ask to President Joe Biden, and that is to free Leonard Peltier. Imagine if that happened and that was the, the number one priority because it's all connected. Every yeah. single issue we face, uh, you know, water, access to water, access to healthcare, e economic development, everything is connected uh, to Leonard Peltier's freedom. Absolutely. Wow, Ruth, thank you so much. And I, and I don't know if you know this, but at the end of every show, you know, I always do a little spiel and I always say either I do or Wendy says free Leonard Peltier now. And um, we're really encouraged that you're, that you're working with Leonard um, and, you know, uh, it, it's, it's a thing that we really need to do. I mean, you look at my history of my, uh, me being alive, person that shot and killed John Lennon's out of prison, 
person that shot uh, Ronald Reagan, a president, he's out of prison. But yet we have our Leonard, uh, who's uh, was set up in many, many ways, is in prison. And, and we know by uh, former FBI agents that uh, there's a vendetta against not only him, but Native Americans. Indeed. And, and imagine if we just had some compassionate conversations with the powers that be, not only President Joe Biden, but within the FBI. You know, there's a great amount of healing that needs to happen, and we need those compassionate conversations um, all the way around. Well, Ruth, uh, I just want to say, Peeny Gigi, thank you so, so much for stopping in. It's always our pleasure to hear your good words and uh, keep on keep the fight up and stay in touch and again thank you so much uh, for what you do for everybody in turtle island here really i uh, thank you so much nods and good odds and um take care of yourself and your family as well Lots you too peeny gigi thanks well that was uh ruth buffalo former state representative of uh, north dakota we are so excited to have her we're going to take off here and for a short break you're listening to native roots radio presents i'm awake Your Blue Line Extension Project wants to hear from you. We are working on extending the Blue Line Light Rail into North Minneapolis, Robbinsdale, Crystal, and Brooklyn Park, and connecting it to our growing transit system. Tell us about your neighborhood, your business, your family, and what you need from your Blue Line. Learn more and share more of your story at yourblueline.org. That's yourblueline.org. Hey, Olgama, I've been hearing a lot about this term, climate justice. What is that? Climate justice is recognizing that the negative impacts of climate change don't affect all people equally. It also means transitioning from a fossil fuel-based economy to a more sustainable future. MN350 is one of the groups that's pushing for this transition to protect our futures. You can even get involved, too. That's great, especially since I'm concerned about pipeline projects like Line 3. How can I help MN350? Just find them on Facebook or visit mn350.org. Minnesota has the only original wolf population in the continental United States. And 80% of Minnesotans believe the wolf should be protected. Howling for Wolves is asking Minnesotans to respect our true wildlife manager, the wolf. Their survival is critical to our ecosystems, our communities, and even our economy. As highly intelligent animals with strong social bonds, Minnesota wolves deserve to be protected and admired. Learn more at howlingforwolves.org. Let's Let's live live and and let howl. JNS Bean Factory is a native-owned, community-supported, cozy, artsy coffee shop which offers roasted on-site beans, live music, and baked goods. Relax in the beautiful outside patio. City Pages writes, voted top 10 coffee shops. Tucked into a quiet corner of St. Paul's Highland Park neighborhood, this coffee shop roasts beans on-site from the best coffee-growing countries in the world. Located at 1518 Randolph Avenue, St. Paul. The good stuff. Hi, this is Representative Sharice Davids from Kansas. I'm Ho-Chunk, and you're listening to Native Roots Radio. And we're back to Native Roots Radio presents I'm Awake, and this is Robert Pilot. This portion of the show is supported by Howling for Wolves, protecting wolves for future generations. Wow, that was a good one, Zoe. We did good, you you and I. Hey, uh, so that was exciting to hear from Ruth. Yeah, lots of lots of things there. I was like looking up some of the stuff she was talking about, especially the um, not invisible act. I just I had not heard about that. Um, I don't know if you've heard about that before. No, I haven't. Do you do you know much about it or? Um. Yeah, just from what I'm I'm seeing here, uh, it was passed in 2019. It was signed into law in October and um, basically established a commission. Um, that is a multi-agency effort to enhance protections and basic guidelines to engage, coordinate, and consult with tribal governments, survivors, families, and experts, um, to, you know, help understand the needs of tribal communities, um, especially in regards to missing and murdered indigenous relatives. Um, so this is a federal initiative, um, 
you know, we have our own in Minnesota, which we do talk about often, that our own MMIW task force. Um, but this is, it's really, it's really big to see a federal um, yeah. branch of this happening. Yeah. Well, in your lifetime, and I was just thinking about this, Zoe, have, have you felt like there's been, uh, because I know in my lifetime, it seems like the last few years, there's been a really a lot of good things happening uh, for Native Americans. And partially, I feel like uh, after the big uh, standing rock uh, that uh, former state representative uh, Ruth Buffalo is talking about, you know, we were out there and the, the eighth fires went everywhere. And, you know, we have TV, movies. It's a, a, a more of a, not of a renaissance, but it's more of a, I mean, there's books out there. There's a lot of things that are happening um, promoting Native Americans. Do you feel that as, as a young person that you're seeing it more or how do you feel about that? Definitely, definitely. I think um, kids are growing up with a lot more representation than what I had um, when I was young. And, you know, I'm born in 99, so it wasn't that long ago. But, <laughs> but I mean, all I had was like Pocahontas and then later on we had like the Avatar movie and uh, you know that's that's from the lens of a child like obviously there's um, even more things happening when it comes to politics and just visibility for native people indigenous people all over Turtle Island that's been really incredible and it's it's because of people like Ruth Buffalo that have um, you know created that open those doors for us um to follow in their footsteps and also i think with the younger generation too um we're kind of redefining what those what those venues are because things do need to change drastically um mm -hmm. yeah i i agree and i think uh you know being a former high school teacher and still uh seeing a lot of my former students around especially the younger ones because you know when you're teaching uh for 30 some years uh some of your former students are darn near 50. So uh, I'm talking about the younger ones. And uh, uh, they don't seem to have the hang-ups that a lot of generations have, whether it's uh, people's sexual preference, uh, you know, marijuana, all these things that um, that are, are, you know, more open to uh, your generation. And that's always enlightening and uh, positive to hear and see for myself that your generation's pretty open to everything. Right. I was actually just saw something about this on Facebook of just how we kind of live under this false notion in, in society that everything's supposed to kind of suck. Like, you know, work isn't supposed to be fun or, you know, things aren't supposed to be enjoyable, but like who created that notion and, and why do we continue to do that? And I think the younger generations are really pushing against that because we want to enjoy our lives, especially, I mean, I always go back to thinking about um, what my ancestors couldn't enjoy, you know, what they had to go right. through for us to be here, for us to have rights and take up space in good ways. And part of that for me looks like, you know, trying to enjoy my life to the fullest extent, um, while also, of course, being strongly connected to my community. Um, but no, I think we're in, as crazy as times are, I am really, really hopeful um, because things are, are really changing, um, even with the Trump you know, indictment. And it's just, there's a lot coming out right now, um, globally and also nationally of, you know, people who are not okay, who should not be in positions of power. And um, it, things are just starting to get shaken up a little bit. And then I think that's also why we see um, so much legislation being passed right now to quiet protesters to um you know oppress lgbtq yeah. um folks um it's it's kind of like uh what does my dad always says always says something along the lines of like it's it's the white man's last gasp which sounds yeah. dramatic but in the sense of things like our world is becoming more and more connected in a lot of ways and also just clear on i think the path where we headed so I'm looking right. forward to the future, hopefully. Well, that's awesome uh, because I, I I don't know, I think I brought this up to you before on air, but uh, as a teacher, I said, this, uh, this thing that's going on here in the United States is not going to last forever. It's an experiment and it's run <laughs> by people and, and, 
you know, I was telling my native kids, you guys need to get ready, you know, whether it's uh, food sovereignty, um, uh, wh- you know, eating healthier, but need to, t- to be ready to take over. And, and I always kid with them and say, you guys aren't ready. <laughs> but, you know, <laughs> that's kind of the, in the line of what your, your father was talking about is that, you know, we have to go back to our old ways of thinking and we have to amplify our people that are keeping our sacred things sacred. And um, and uh, so, yeah, I, I agree with your, your father. It's, it's, it's a crazy time to be alive in a lot of ways, too. When we talk about North Dakota, how bright red that is, and it's just a, a few hours from the Twin Cities where we're at. Um, that it's almost a different country in some of these red mm-hmm. uh, red based states. So we're lucky to be here in Minnesota, and we're keeping our fingers crossed in Wisconsin that the election today goes well. Because, you know, if they lose a Supreme Court over there, and uh, they, you know, they could have overturned uh, Biden's victory in this last election if the Supreme Court was not. Uh, I think it was five to four or, or mm-hmm. four to three, something like that. That. Uh, voted to ratify the results of the election. Well, if we have a red state in Wisconsin, we could have maybe a different president right now. Right, right. No, it's 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 scary to think about. And that's why it is important to, you know, be connected to something other than what the Western world provides for us. I think going into nature, being a part of community, um, finding it where you can in healthy ways, I think is so critical in moments like these, especially because it's safer for us to be around each other now. I mean, COVID's not Mm -hmm. over. It's never over really. But, um, you know, I've just been trying to take more advantage of the time to be with my relatives right now, especially my older relatives who, you know, are are getting up there and their knowledge is really important to, to retain before they leave, you know. Well, we got less than a minute, uh, Zoe, and I, I wanted to ask you, and I don't know this, but did you end up with COVID these last three years? Yeah, I, I somehow na- narrowly escaped it, and then I got it in September of this year, and I was like, oh my gosh, I thought I was going to be one of the ones, but you know, <laughs> it almost feels like everyone's going to get it at this rate, but yeah, that wasn't fun. Well, I have to knock on wood. I'm double boosted, so if I get it, it won't be as severe as, as uh, some, and uh I have not gotten it, and Wendy has, and we've been at the same places, so maybe I'm just a carrier. I don't know. I don't know how that goes, <laughs> but I know I was, as when I was a school teacher, I would bring bring stuff oh, home, and, uh, you know, uh, she'd get sick, and I wouldn't get sick, so I don't know. Maybe I'm one of the lucky ones that's unlucky. Hey, Zoe, thanks a lot for everything, uh, manning the ship here, and, and uh, personing the ship here, I should say and all your support in the background. We had Ruth Buffalo on. Thank you, former state representative Ruth Buffalo, and of course, Ogama with the news that you don't hear anywhere else. If you are listening to the show, you are part of the resistance from Chief Plenty Coops. The ground on which we stand on is sacred ground, is the blood of our ancestors. We need to resist, divest, join a group, run for office, and vote. Free Leonard Peltier now. We'll see you tomorrow.